Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. If anyone knows uh, Amanda Stoker, the Assistant Minister for Women, first of all, sorry. <laughs> Please approach this with an open mind and let me know your thoughts. And it's like, absolutely go and fuck yourself. That he is so, like... Ah! Just a quick note before we begin the episode. We are talking about Grace Tame, and we will touch a little bit on the... Uh, abuse and violence that she experienced. We don't go into any details, but if that is an issue that you are sensitive to, you might like to skip this episode and tune back in next week. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Welcome. This is something weird with my hands. If you're watching on YouTube, you would have seen it. Okay. Okay. So today's episode was, um, we just decided that we're going to do it laying on the floor. Yeah, we were lying on the tiles. It's very hot in Brisbane at the moment. It's about 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like going to put on something else. And then we engaged in the discussion that's currently happening around an article that was featured in the Weekend Australian. Yep. About Grace Tame. Yes. Who's the writer? This is the problem. Jeanette Albrechtson. Albrechtson. She's like a known, like, far right. I don't know her. Yeah, but we don't she's... know many people. We know of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're not really that prominent in the journalism space. So I know we've mentioned this person before on the podcast and um, my disdain, my distaste, my dislike for this person. We hate him. Peter Van Onselen. Or PVO. PVO. You can follow him on Twitter, but I wouldn't recommend it because you'll be deeply unhappy. <laughs> um, he is a presenter on the project. And he basically he used to be... Hmm. Probably known as like a fairly genuine centrist mm. and like like fairly credible um, as a journalist who was like pretty fair. Like I don't think um, prior to the Porter allegations, which we'll get to in a second, prior to that he you probably couldn't necessarily accuse him of being in one camp or mm. the other camp. Um, however, he was a good friend of Porter. Yes. And allowed that to um, seep into his journalism. Yeah, and he'll deny that, but I think it's like, un- I think it's undeniable that there, every time that comes up, his phrasing, his argument, his entire sort of approach is really poor, I feel. Yes. So we actually came across this tweet independently. I saw it yesterday, and it's something that he's tweeted. Um, it's an Australian article. Divisive tame surrenders to dirty politics, of course, referring to Grace Tame. And he has captioned the tweet with, I don't agree with all of it, but this is an excellent thought-provoking piece. Please don't comment if you don't read it, but just look at the headline or don't like the author or masthead. Interested in replies from those who do read it with an open mind. I find that condescending to start with. Very. And also, this is something that bothers me about him, and I'm being really careful not to be defamatory, um, but... All of his tweets since the Porter stuff has gone, he was like, Porter is a mate. Like, Porter introduced him to his partner. And he thought that going on insiders that, you know, reporting on the matter at the press conferences and things and just being really engaged and declaring that was just like, well, I've declared it. Yeah. But the approach was very much like, well, obviously we're friends, so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's literally where the sentence should stop. Exactly. Anyway. And he was, he actually um, was like, so I watched the... Porter press conference, the famous Porter mm. press conference, live on Channel Ten, the stream, like the stream, Channel Ten stream on YouTube, and he was like hosting it mm. with a co-host. And first of all, he did not let her speak at all; he kept interrupting her. But he basically commandeered that to talk about how Porter is his friend, and it was like, 
at a certain point it moves from being like you declaring like this conflict and you just like then just like bragging it was just yeah. this weird like monologue yeah I didn't even feel that it was a declaration it was just like oh this is now my platform to talk about my friendship with Christian Porter fucking weird it was just very strange anyway so after that he has started a new approach on Twitter first of all he's like very he's like limited mm. all of his tweets you're not allowed to retweet him maybe unless he follows you um like I've got like the retweet is blacked out and he has started doing this thing where he will um, post like politically conservative articles or ideas. He is also a columnist for the Australian. Yes, exactly. And he'll post them and he'll be like, hmm, interesting. What are your thoughts? Yes. And it's just like, just fucking say it. Like, clearly we know say what it. you're thinking, right? Exactly. Because they're not like, ooh, a little balancing argument. It is literally a far right view. And then he's just like going, hmm, please approach this with an open mind and let me know your thoughts. And it's like, absolutely go and fuck yourself. Yes, right? exactly. I find, okay, before we get into this article and what it contains, obviously let's approach it with the view that it is extremely critical and I find extremely patronizing of Grace Tame, the current Australian of the year for this year. But the comments on this article that PVO has like facilitated with this conversation and his responses are truly, in the truest sense, pathetic. Yeah. Please read some aloud for fun. Okay. So this is one that someone has said, Reddit, based on false premises, there is nothing nonpartisan about systems of power that permitted the sexual abuse that Grace Tame experienced. PVO has responded, interesting perspective. Oh, my God. Crickets. Another one. Yes, Grace Tame is increasingly partisan in her views. And while I agree that some of that is not ideal for Australian of the year, I also think much of it has been necessary. The Morrison government's poor handling of numerous women's issues this year is obvious and it is right that she calls them out. PVO has responded. That's not unfair. You see, like, I'm like just Why fucking have just, an opinion. But like, literally, that's not unfair. Yeah. Say that's fair. Exactly. For some reason, I think he is, like, that in itself is painful to me. Yeah. And I'm not trying to critique his wording. I think it's the purposeful. wording is purposeful. Yes, that's my purposeful. problem. Yeah. He's a professional journalist. Yeah. And I'll just read one more. It is worth remembering that Grace Tame sees life through a life experience that you may not understand. Crazy concept. <laughs> I added that bit. She speaks for many of us who have been gaslit by those with power. This article is an example of labeling what you don't agree with to lessen its worth. PVO has responded. I can see that perspective. I guess I'm just saying that if she's losing me, I'm not sure she'll hold the mainstream because the mainstream are a long way from where I am in a different direction. There is so much stuff that's fucked up about that comment. But why would he, why would he be a reflection of the mainstream if he's so far away from it for starters? Great question, Queen. But that doesn't make sense. No, like, it doesn't. That doesn't at all, right? Second of all, I don't think his conservative views that are connected to someone who is involved in these allegations and these like partisan comments from Tame, right? Of course she's losing him. Exactly. She is disagreeing with him. Yeah. And that is the point. And then he's trying to, which I find that to be gaslighting. Yeah. Because he is turning around and say, he is turning around and saying, her commentary is turning me off, so why wouldn't it turn everyone else off? And trying to manipulate her mm -hmm. 
into steering in a different direction or being quiet. I don't know what the aim of that is. Yeah. But frankly, I don't think he represents the views of the general public at all. And I don't think he has for at least six to eight months now. Exactly. There, there is like a certain, this is a certain brand of person who very, very, very deeply bothers me because I just think that he kind of just goes where he thinks the power is. Yeah. Like if you have an opinion, say it with your whole chest. If the fact that the comments within like four comments go from being about an attack on the Australian of the year, a woman who has survived like a sexual predator who raped her like when she was 15 years old and then spoke about it and she was, you know, gagged from speaking about it, let her speak campaign, that's why she's Australian of the year, blah, blah, blah. The fact that within four comments of an article that attacks her can go to whether the allegations against Porter are credible or not, like go fuck yourself. That is such a fucking man thing. It oh is. my fuck. Yeah, it is. Oh. Because the again, the article is not anything about Porter. He is mentioned in here, I believe. Yes. But it is not about Porter. And what it is about. So Jess Rowe, who is... Jessica Rowe, Jess Rowe, is a TV presenter, podcaster, journalist, um, and her podcast is the Jess Rowe Big Talk Show. Um, Now, one great name. Uh, clever. A fortnight ago, Hannah sent me this video of Jess Rowe, a clip from Jess Rowe's podcast where she's got Pauline Hanson on. And she's asking Pauline whether she's got any love in her life. Yes. And they're joking about, you know, Pauline saying, oh, you know, just my hot water bottle, Jess, lol, lol, lol. And it's like this really friendly chat, right? Yes. And I actually sent a video to Hannah and I was like, "What? imagine getting Pauline Hanson on your podcast and then being like, do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> exactly. And I think that the issue, and I think the issue that was presented by a lot of people, it's like what we're saying is no one can, we're not saying to people, you cannot interview Pauline Hanson. Mm. It's just that to get to feature on your podcast by your own volition, someone who is racist. Yeah. Is abs. And what is she? And has built her platform on being has racist. Has built her platform on being a bigot in every sense of the word, right? Mm -hmm. And is proud of it. Yeah. She doesn't back down. She doesn't apologize. The fact that you've invited her on, not to have a frank discussion about her views, but to say things like, oh, is there love in your life, Pauline? To me, as a voter, as a woman, as a person, I just think I I could never listen to that. And I think that it's, I think that in doing it, she's thought that, like, if we were going to interview Pauline Hanson, my only thought was it's either going to be the most critical thing ever and it's mm-hmm. also going to get a lot of listens. Yeah. Like I couldn't shy away from the fact that I would be doing it because of the attention it would bring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't help but think that's why she's done it. Yeah. Because I don't think that she's actually friends with Pauline Hansen, Or if she is, I really question why that is. She also openly said, and I don't know, because the podcast was taken down before I got to listen to it. It was taken down within like three hours. Yeah, I was literally about to listen to it. And when I, when Hannah sent me the, the post, but it was gone, but she, Jess Rowe has said as her defense, oh, I, I said that I don't align with her politically as if that's enough. Mm. It's not, it's not enough. And I'm not saying that, like, for example, if we had Pauline Hanson on our podcast, I'm not saying that I would spend like 36 minutes just absolutely like shouting at her and railing her and being like, why are you racist? Why are you this? Why are you that? Like, you don't have to – I just think if, like you said, I don't want to repeat exactly, but if you have someone like that on your podcast as, like, 
a woman who, for in our case, are progressives, do not agree with her, then it is a responsibility to engage her in those discussions yeah. and actually have like some get something productive out of it, not just be like, teehee. Like Pauline Hanson is famous for saying that, you know, women use um, domestic violence to get full custody of children. Exactly. Like she's someone who is famous for wearing a burqa into the Senate. Oh, my God. Oh, every time I think of that, I just get so angry. There is just so, so many things that as a woman and as a progressive person are unforgivable mm-hmm. about what she has done and what she believes, right? Yeah. And to have her on the podcast and talk about like social things and say like, I understand that her intention may have been like, oh, you know, like there's no need to be more divisive. Like we can talk to humans as humans. And, nah, nah, nah. and that's exactly what I think her point was. Yeah. And you know what? That's not, that's not something I'm going to be like, fuck you. Like I get that at its base level, but I do think as someone with a platform who claims to be like for women, mm. you cannot have Pauline Hanson on your podcast. It is irresponsible. I agree. And I think that in terms of that, like, you know, everyone um, deserves human decency, which um, I don't know, like if someone was to disagree with me on that, I'd be like, okay, give me your thoughts. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm not saying that if I saw Pauline Hanson in the street, like I'm not going to punch her in the face, mm. obviously. Like I would probably ignore her if I saw her in the street. Um, and I don't think she deserves necessarily for me to go and yell at her whenever she's in the street, but to put her on a, give her, like platform her and then give oxygen to someone who has been very, very hurtful to so many groups in Australia, a group of which Jess mostly is not in- included. That's exactly what I mean. Ex- and that's one of the main problems. It's fairly easy for a someone I would say is an upper-class white woman based on, you know, my understanding of the salary that someone like she and Peter would earn, mm-hmm. for her to say, like, oh, you know, see the humanity and have this sort of perspective on, like, oh, you know, I'm allowed to interview Pauline Hanson. You are... But the thing is, you're not an affected community. You're not an affected person by what she said. And how does it feel to someone who is affected that you've chosen that, set that up, recorded that, had a few laughs and asked about her love life? Mm-hmm. How does it feel to someone who has been deeply, personally offended by her views? Exactly. There's not really any coming back from that. No. She hasn't offered any stance, any apology, any acknowledgement of the hurt she's caused. No. If she had, there'd be a different story. But it's the fact that she stands by her views so hard and is offensive to so many people who have been deep deeply traumatized by their experiences and then subsequently by her and the fact that it's a little giggle and you know the fact that she sleeps with a fucking hot water bottle isn't funny to me no it's not and it like she hasn't even apologized she won't because she's not sorry no um when you said about apology i thought you were referring to jess first no, so, sorry and i will say jess like has in quotes apologized but it was not an apology. Like, I don't want to go into, you can, you can assume what it was. You can look it up yourself. But essentially one of the most prominent commenters on the Instagram thread where the video was posted was Carly Finlay, Mm. who is a person of color and who is disabled and who said basically what kind of the stuff that we've been saying now, like, you know, you have a responsibility not to platform someone who has hurt lots of groups. Mm. That was basically her um, her main point. And a lot of other people were commenting the same thing. I was looking at the comments as the post was deleted and like overwhelmingly negative. There are a few people who were like, love you, Jess, haha, which I just think is pathetic. Yes. Um, offense intended. (laughs) That is pathetic. Look at yourself. Um, and then, so Grace Tame, 
uh, I think did this on Twitter because it wasn't on Instagram, but I think she tweeted it at at Jess and basically said, Jess Rowe tweeting that she's had Pauline Hanson as a guest on. Grace Tame says, this is how discrimination and hate is subtly enabled and normalised. Everyone's entitled to their own views, but not all views should be valorised by promoting their source. Pauline doesn't need help to be heard, but those whose oppression she's both driven and reinforced do. That's beautiful. That I was going to say that's not like what we said. That was much more eloquent. Oh god. <laughs> she and this is the thing. She has such grace about what she does. Oh fuck. I just realized her name's Grace. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off, Anna. <laughs> wow, wow. It's like you're looking for a word. <laughs> oh my god, that's so embarrassing. No, I liked it, Queen. It was nice. Um so I mean, okay. She does she deserves better than us coming to her defense. <laughs> Sorry, Grace. Sorry, Grace. <laughs> um, and this is something that – so once it was taken down, um, Jess Rowe put up an Instagram story that was like something along the lines of thanks at Grace Tame for bringing this thing to my – this stuff to my attention and I've taken down the episode. Yeah. To which I would say um, – and this has nothing to do with Grace. No. Um, but I do feel very uncomfortable with the fact that it took another white woman – for and a prominent white woman exactly the of the year for her to take down the episode because and i have i have goosebumps right now because i feel very uncomfortable with it mm. um and also like again this is nothing to do with grace tame and i think it's um i think it's good that people who are prominent you know speak up speak up to ensure that these things happen exactly but specifically again carly finlay was the top comment and there were so many responses to her comment and there were so many likes on it and there is no fucking way Jess Rowe did not see it. And I just think it is interesting. <laughs> that's a that's a word that, that is I could use. The most uh, euphemistic I could be for you. Exactly. That she wasn't even mentioned in uh, Jess Rowe's so called apology. Like I just thought that was awful. Mm. And I thought I was looking for it. I was waiting for the apology and I was waiting to see Carly Finlay tagged because she's also a very prominent activist it's yes. not like you know she's a blue she's got a blue tick yes. you know it's like you fucking saw her comment anyway um outrageous so the article now i would just like to let you all know that i have access to this article through work and i did not pay to see the australian but we want you to know what's in the article so you don't have to pay for the australian so pvo like in the tweet that i read earlier he said only only interested in your responses if you have read the article and it is behind a paywall. And I would just like to pose the question, just put it out there. Who pays for the Australian? Very specific group of people. Exactly. Conservatives. And he was only interested in the views of people who had read it anyway. So it has a lot of clicks too. It currently has 3.4 million views online. Mm -hmm. So that's not included in the paper version, which I assume it's in, which again, I'm not buying. So I don't know for sure. She has undermined her position as Australian of the Year by telling the country that the Prime Minister lacked a moral compass when he temporarily promoted Porter, then still a Minister of the Crown, to acting leader of the House. Why is that undermining her position as Australian of the Year? Why is a genuine critique of a credible allegation against a minister who was at the time the Attorney General, who was demoted and then re-promoted to a position as leader of the House of Representatives for a period of two weeks while Dutton was out. Why is her saying that Morrison in his promotion, which while it's not clear that he 
directly facilitated that promotion was definitely involved in the decision making because he is the prime minister of this fucking country. Her saying that that lacks a moral compass does not undermine her position as the Australian of the Year. Like that just completely confuses me. As Australian of the Year, they are not expected to not engage in political debate. I don't know if that's part of the fucking contract when you get it, but being awarded and chosen by a body who elects the Australian of the Year and rewards someone for their work and commitment to this country and the change they make to turn around and say they've undermined their position, which is something she didn't fucking go, please, please put me Australian of the Year. She literally has campaigned to remove gag laws that would allow her to call out the person who abused her as a child. Like, that just, that is totally fucked. It's like this, this author, this journalist is... Oh annoyed that an Australian of the Year, someone who was given an award for an excellent achievement, mm. is not being like a propaganda machine for the government. Oh, my God. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a particularly spicy sentence. It was a double-barreled political attack that revealed more about a young and impressionable woman than about the Prime Minister or Porter. That is so fucked up. The connotation, I've got goosebumps again. The connotation, like young and impressionable woman, like to say that about someone who was sexually abused as a child. Yes. Someone who has literally risen from the ashes and made huge, huge waves in terms of legislative reform, who is honestly one of the most eloquent criticizers of the government. I get on fucking Twitter every day for cheek and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and Grace Tame comes out and has the most beautifully written critiques of this government, right, that are constructed carefully, that are constructed wisely, and I think hit the nail on the head every single time without fail. And while I might be biased, I think it is absolutely ridiculous to say that says more about her than about them. Yeah. The fact of the matter is I do not think that they would be saying these things about a man, a young man, or an older woman. No. Right? And I think the fact that they're saying it's more of a statement about her as a young and impressionable woman than two men in positions of power who are over the age of 50 actually says more about this fucking author than yeah, anyone. exactly. That is absolutely ridiculous. And young and impressionable woman who made significant legislative change. I don't think she's young and impressionable. Neither do I. I think she's experienced. I think she's eloquent. And I think she's considerate. It's just, it's just a way to belittle her. Also, to be honest, for the first month or two, she followed all the rules after she became Australian of the Year. Yeah. She was present. She made excellent speeches. She was very much a figurehead in terms of the movement and she was a symbol and all these things. But the more that the government declined to make change based on the suggestions and the, um, the experiences of both Tame and Higgins the more that they both went, well, what the fuck? You've publicly promised these things, which means I was, I think they were not kept in line, but they were satisfied with the fact that they were promised. And there was an intention that the government expressed to make change mm -hmm. with things like the respect at work report, blah, blah, blah. And then Tame and Higgins have just held them to account for those failures, for those failures. How does that fall back on them? They have literally just executed their intentions by trying to follow up. I'm, I'm so outraged it is fucking outrageous and i don't know how ridiculous i'm being but i'm just like you're not being ridiculous i don't see this dialogue like literally what they what this article says to me is tame you got your award now sit down and shut up exactly or because you got your award sit down and shut up oh my god so grace tweeted the article right 
And she said, the cost of speaking truth to power, it's not me who's divisive, it's the federal government. By refusing to absolutely condemn sexual misconduct and abuse of power within its own ranks, they've tactfully left these issues in the grey zone of permissibility. The political motivation behind this is very clear. A disturbingly high number of sexual abuse and domestic violence survivors can only mean there is also a disturbingly high number of perpetrators in the community who vote. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> My instinct is not to criticise. It is to work with everyone in the spirit of inclusion, repar reparation and progress. However, as someone whose purpose is to stand with, listen to and represent the oppressed, to not call out injustice would make me a hypocrite. Fucking boom. Boom. I love how I've like read it beautifully, like tried to like really apply this voice and tone and then I'm like, fucking the boom. <laughs> fucking boom, Grace. Um, That's also what I love about her. She can write like that and express that sort of response to yeah. distinct critique of her character. Yeah. And then also go on Batuta and be like, guess what Scott said to me? I know. <laughs> An Aussie queen. Yeah, she is. Um, I just want to be her friend. Yeah, me too. Grace, if you're listening, please be And that friend. is the kind of Australian of the Year I want. That you want to be a friend, their friend. I just, like, respect them. And honestly, I think Australian of the Year is a great award mm -hmm. and I think it should hold a significance and I think the person chosen should be chosen by an independent body free of partisanship Yeah, because I think that person should be allowed to speak up. Yeah. And I feel that this year, and this is not Grace's fault, but I worry that moving forward there will be more of an effort made to pick someone who will not do what Grace has done this year. Yeah, exactly. Which is a failure of yeah. our country that it we is. will do that. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a reflection on this government. Mm. Okay, so I'm just going to um, – if anyone knows uh, Amanda Stoker, the Assistant Minister for Women, first of all, sorry. <laughs> Second of all, this will be particularly horrible. Tame's attack on Stoker's promotion as Assistant Minister for Women, again, was without enough consideration. Stoker is a defender of women's rights. You can look that up for yourself. She has a stellar career, is raising three children, and is a testament to what a young woman can achieve. I don't A think... young, white, straight, privileged Christian woman with ties to the right church for the Prime Minister. Absolutely go fuck yourself. That is so... Oh, my God. I When I first read that, I was like... I can, that is That's so disgusting. That is actually what you screamed. I did. I screamed. I don't usually scream, but this was necessary. Like, how fucking dare you? And the inference here from this author, who is a woman, is that Grace Tame is, like, no good because she's attacking another woman because she – well, attack on Stoker's promotion. I guess I'm I'm sure, and I'm not sure about how, exactly how this happened, but I assume that Tame like pointed us to some reasons why Amanda Stoker should not is not suitable yes, to be the minister, assistant minister for women. And so now this per this journalist is saying that insinuating that Grace Tame is not a good ro role model because she's attacking another woman, which is exactly what the fuck you're doing. And she's pulling out all of these things, like again. Like I said before, this article is not – it's about the Pauline Hanson podcast. What the – why are you just – it's just created to – in like under some kind of ruse and guise, but it's actually just an attack on Grace Tang. Well, it is, but I, I'm not – is it about the Pauline Hanson It was about everything. I think it's about everything. 
Okay, well... That's my worry that we're getting that wrong and it's about everything. It's literally just a, a critique of Grace Tame over all of the persons, a character attack, basically. I still don't know what, what Porter has to do with it, but I guess. Because she's, questioned... she's been critiquing everyone. Okay, so the article is because she has, has questioned had... the government. The article is literally like, Grace Tame, opinions, enough. That is literally <laughs> the vibe I get. Excuse me, a voice? No, you don't have one. No. Ariel. <laughs> You traded, <laughs> you, you traded Australian of the Year for your voice. Like, that is the vibe I get. Stoker is also a defender of free and open debates. She has made it clear that she looks dimly on attempts to no platform and cancel people, even if she disagrees with them. She expects universities to offer students the chance to think for themselves, which is basically a dressed-up way to argue for what they call, in quotes, free speech, which comes from a long history of lecturers and tutors and prominent people in university being homophobic, racist, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, like fucking name one of them, racist, sexist. That is like this whole like free speech in universities debate shits me to tears because it only comes up when someone has said something fucked up in a university. I'm going to vomit after this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, move on. I can see your goosebumps the whole time as well. They are high. The article goes on. Maybe we need a better selection process for Australian of the Year, one that considers the downsides of providing a privileged platform to a fiery and passionate activist who may end up dividing the nation rather than uniting us. Why is it her responsibility to unite the nation as well? Yeah, you would think that's the government's responsibility. But also... I think that what she is actively doing and is extremely successful in that pursuit is uniting the people against this. Against. I would, yeah. I, what I would say is she is uniting Australians against sexist attitudes, misogynistic worldviews, and violence against women. She is literally helping people to see, and I think she's doing it the best way because I think that she's literally waiting for something to happen and then going, hmm, what do I think about that? Assessing the situation, she's always educated on the matter no matter what it is. And she expresses in one or two tweets exactly how she feels about the next the decision, the legislation that's been implemented, which is what she was doing before she was made Australian of the Year. Yeah. She literally, literally protested against legislation that gagged her as a, as a survivor. Yeah. Right? And now she's like, Oh, okay. Going to continue on my path as an activist who is against is promoting these causes, right? And they're like, "No, not that though." Yeah. What the fuck is she supposed to end her career now that she's got the award? What, what do you expect her to do? Exactly. It is literally her life cause. Yeah, it's just that now she has a bigger platform because of the the award. I'm going to scream. And then I think this will be the final piece that we that I read before we ex both explode. Tame's youthful exuberance and her exploitation by others is not unlike that of Greta Thunberg. Albeit younger than Tame, the climate zealot is full of passion, prone to saying patiently silly things, and the go-to girl for adulating activists. The go-to girl. That is so fucking belittling. Like, the go-to girl and, like, silly. She literally called Greta Thunberg silly. You're silly. <laughs> wow, you got him, Quaid. <laughs> Yeah, pr prone to saying patently silly things. Name me one thing, Greta Thunberg. Like, have you seen her speak? She is not silly. Neither of them are silly. She is so fucking angry and, and intelligent full and of articulate. Passion. Exactly. Like, I know, and I don't think it's ever okay have to say. Have you seen anyone. Scott Morrison speak? <laughs> silly, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> it's like eleven times in three minutes once. 
Greta Thunberg and Grace Tame are like considerably better speakers than most politicians in Australia. Yeah. Oh my god. Like just I really just thought that we were past, particularly women, I thought that we were past like belittling women for being young and like passionate. Because that's what it's an attack on passion. And you know what? Feminism is about having like the ability to critique other women if they're not um, with the cause, right? Exactly. But this is the opposite of that. Yeah. This is literally trying to make sure that young women feel as small as possible and take up as little room as possible all the time. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. And I was angry enough when I saw PVO's little tweet about this, little silly, silly, silly little tweet. But I like that did not prepare me for what was in this article. That is honestly disgusting. How truly, truly awful. Like I just wonder, like how, how insecure do you have to be to write that about a young woman who you see is making change in your nation? That's really sad. In fact, I don't actually. I don't even want to say it's sad. Retracted because that shows like tell, says sympathy that I, yeah that I sympathise with her and I absolutely don't. There is absolutely no excuse for that. I think it's just really tough because I think that for a lot of women in this country, Grace Tame has been like this this beacon of hope, mm-hmm. this symbol of what we can achieve, um, and the fact that she was you know propelled to this position and into our lives has felt like a you know, like some sort of, um, I was going to say saving grace. And I was like, well, I can't <laughs> do it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> but truly like the presence of Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame in our lives this year for me has actually been monumental. And I don't think I've acknowledged that prior to this, right? Mm. Like I actually wait to see what they've said about things. Yeah. Like when something comes up about Porter, like we are like jumping to like what we can write about and what we can say about it and what we can express so that people like can understand what's going on and they're up with the news. But the people that I'm looking for comment, like for commentary from, are Grace Hamer, Brittany Higgins, and I always have such respect and such regard for the way they go about that critique that it's so much more composed and articulate than I can do. Yeah. And I try really hard, like I want to make this my job. Mm-hmm. And I look to them and think, "Fucking hell, that's the goal." Like I literally want to be doing what you are doing with your lives, which is like making like genuine change and you know speaking up and making sure that every individual voice feels important. And to read something like that is so disheartening to me. Like, I can't imagine how someone like Grace would feel reading that. I don't know how why I said someone like Grace, considering the article's about her. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine how Grace would feel reading that. Like, I, I can't even begin to imagine how hurtful that would be. But it actually also, I found really hurtful because I think, like, that's exactly what they would say about any of us who are trying to do something in this space. And it is just, like so fucking pathetic and it's humiliating for this writer that they genuinely have that worldview but like i don't think that that's the way to go about any of these conversations if you didn't find us completely insufferable come back next wednesday for a new episode you can also find us on instagram at cheek media co or online at cheekmedia.com.au yes that's the one that's the one <laughs>